Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. on Wes and Walker, Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes, feeling a little under the weather today. Lots of people writing in about the book fair. 704 said, what car poster would you guys buy? Never a huge car guy, so I didn't buy any car posters, but plenty of my friends did, and it was always the Lambo. Needed that Lamborghini on their wall. CJ said, I would come home with Goosebumps and the sports books. Under the Sea Submarine. Don't remember the Under the Sea stuff. Really? I don't know. I remember Magic Treehouse. My mom wanted me to read the Magic Treehouse books. I just never really got into them. I'm yeah. telling, I was so lame as far as if it wasn't sports, then I just really wasn't reading it. That's how it was for me. I wish that I would broaden my horizons a little more. I mean, there were a couple of books that I would read once I got to middle school and high school. It wasn't like that anymore, but in elementary school, it was all Matt Christopher. It was all the athlete bios. And that was basically it. Um, I did want to get to one other. You asked me how the plane ride was back from Boston yesterday. I wanted to get to what Wes had to deal with before we go to the live wire. Because this is a, I don't know, pretty good radio fodder. Wes was asked by somebody that approached him, hey, do you mind switching seats with me? Because my wife, it's one of her first time flying she gets really nervous and I didn't want, and then he's trying to joke and just trying to, you know, ease Wes up a little bit. Hey, I don't want her crying next to you or anything like that. And so if you, I hear you, if you don't want to to listen to all of that, would you mind switching seats with me so I can sit with her, comfort her during the plane ride? But the problem is Wes had an aisle seat further up on the plane and where this guy's seat was, it was way in the back. And I don't, I don't, I think it was a window seat. I don't think it was middle but I think he was more on the inside. And Wes, like 6'4", 6'3", you know, bigger dude, not offensive lineman days anymore, but certainly a bigger dude. I didn't know what he was going to say. Eventually, Wes decided, and I could tell he wasn't thrilled about it, but eventually he decided, yeah, I'll go back to the plane and uh, you can switch seats with me and you can sit next to your wife. And I mean, he had to move back. I don't know, probably seven rows. Which the reason being that, you know, that's frustrating because now you can't get off the plane in time. Now you got to wait for everybody else in front of you. I just want to know from the text line, would you guys have done it? No, hell no. You're not doing it, Fiddy? I mean, especially in your, look, if you're a little different because you were in a bad state with your first plane ride. Yeah, I mean, if if I was in Wes's position and someone would have asked me like, yes, no, I think I would be that guy. Yep. Because I know how I was the first time. I got in the air because, I mean, there was just this legitimate fear and paranoia. I'm over it now. But, like, I, I knowing how I was, I could never say no to someone if they asked me, hey, my significant other is scared of flying. Mm-hmm. I want to sit there to come. I'd be like, yes, absolutely, because. 
I've I've I'm, I'm, I've been that person. I would have I would have done the same thing. Well, I would I would have changed seats with him, and I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have done it, and I would have done it with no problem. Um, even if I wouldn't have liked it internally, I would have understood and just gone to the back. But the aisle seat is crucial, man, especially when you're taller. Picante said, "F no, I will be nice to his wife, but." I'm mad at Wes. All right. So that was kind of all over the place. Uh, bagel guy said, oh, maybe he wrote in something different. Um, and then we're scrolling. We're scrolling more. Panther Bo said, oh, hell nah. And then gave the Wes quote. because No, hell no. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have probably done it as well. I would have been pushed over and that's how it would have gone with me. And I would have felt bad, but no, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't say no to her. Yeah. Anyways, we're just a couple of nice guys doing some radio here at Fitty, and let's uh, go a little bit further into some of the sound that you were able to collect for today's show. Time now for the Live Wire with Josh Fitty Marlowe. Live Wire's on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. The west. Up north to the down south. Live Wire's connect. Well, Walker, it, it seems this day everybody, whether they're qualified or unqualified, they have an opinion on rookie quarterback Bryce Young. I would say that Michael Vick is of the the elk that that is qualified, having played the quarterback position okay. in the NF in the NFL in the NFC South at a very high rate. On yesterday, on Fox's pregame coverage. He said all Bryce needs to do is get that was to get a second win because it'll breed more confidence for him individually moving forward. Fight to get that next win. Um, getting getting wins and you know having success in the NFL it, it just breeds so much confidence and you know once you get a little taste of it just a, a snapshot of it you know you you turn into a different player you know you you become a different. Um, you know, quarterback in terms of your preparation, where thinking you like, I want more of that. I want more of that. You know, it's like, you know, uh, something that you just gotta have. It's a necessity. I, I need this win on Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Bryce, he had a stellar college career. Didn't face a lot of adversity, and this is good. We get to see what type of resolve he had. How important is it for Bryce Walker that that he gets at least one more win before his rookie season concludes? It would be nice to get some momentum before we head into his second season. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that you're continuing to roll with him as the starting QB. There's a decent amount of conversation right now suggesting that Bryce Young should sit because what is he learning? Is he learning bad habits? We've certainly seen him regress more than we've seen him improve ever since the Houston game. That's the reason that you would want to sit him. It's not because you're trying to wrap him in bubble wrap and make sure he doesn't get hurt, even though there is that advantage to just quite literally not putting him out there on the football field. But it's really about him continuing to practice bad habits and not learn from it because that doesn't look like a normal NFL offense. If what you're practicing more often than not is running from your for your life, practicing bad dropbacks, if that's really a problem with Bryce Young right now, according to David Tepper, according to some of the members texting David Tepper from the assistant coaching staff. If that's all a real issue, then why do we continue to keep practicing it if the offensive line is just going to continue to give pressure up the middle? If we're going to continue to see Bryce Young have such a slim margin for error, where if one, two, three things don't go right, then the play doesn't go right. If you have to have that many boxes that are checked off before you can have a successful play and other teams can do it, but this team consistently shows they can't, 
then I could understand why Bryce Young just might need to sit. The regress, the regression is the problem because he regressed against the Colts. It happened against the Chicago Bears. I thought you saw some decent signs against Tampa and Thomas Brown's first game back calling plays. But then against the Saints, that offense was just, it was it was awful. I couldn't stand watching that game yesterday. So we talked about the be- the, the, the latest on the Bill Belichick stuff. And, you know, with Belichick, there's going to come some controversy. You got Deflategate. You've got Spygate. Well, over the Spectrum Center, you've got Anklegate or Bracegate regarding mm. the face of the franchise, LaMelo Ball. He talked with the media a little bit over the weekend and addressed the possibility of him maybe wearing ankle braces moving forward. And just last thing is with the braces, do you, you plan on still not wearing braces? Or how's the, how what happened with the braces thing? Play it by the day. See, see what happens. You know, try some things out. Just see how it feels. But the ones I had so far, I, I wouldn't wear those. So you want some, basically some, some, what do you call it? I don't know. I don't know. So you would have to present it to me. Let me try them and like, see. Like some, some ones made right for you, basically some yeah, custom exactly. fit joints. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walker, I'm sure this has been a daily talking point on the esteemed Locked on Hornets podcast. Unfortunately, yeah. Is this a situation, though, where ownership management needs to basically mandate, hey, we gave you a contract worth $250 million. Wear some ankle braces, man. They can tell them that all they want to, but if it's not in the contract that you're referring to, then I guess they can't. Oh, they had they need to put the provision in there like Callum Early had the film study. That's right, but we don't have any information as to him <laughs> wearing ankle braces in that contract, so what can you do to mandate that LaMelo wears them? This is, this is what I want to know because I am tired of the ankle brace conversation, and it's probably my fault for putting that out there on Twitter, even if we aired the interview that I had the same day where LaMelo told us that he doesn't wear ankle braces and he hasn't been doing it this entire season, despite telling us he was going to in the offseason. I'm tired of it because did he... I don't know what those trainers are telling him to do. That's the information that I want. That's what I want from LaMelo. I don't know if he's going to tell us, but if he's not wearing ankle braces, which clearly are used for protection for some of the other stars at point guard or shooting guard for their ankle protection, Steph Curry, the most common example, we even played a soundbite as to why it works to protect some of these ankles. It's not like, oh, ankle brace protection. It works somehow. We actually got some specific information as to how it helps prohibit you from ankle injuries. Trey Young is now wearing it. Here's what I want to know. If the training staff is not adamant that he wear them, then okay. I don't have enough information or education on the matter to disagree with those guys. I don't know if the ankle braces are going to 100% deter him from ever injuring it again. I just want to know if the training staff is telling him to do so. I just want to know what the training staff is doing to make sure that we can stay away from what has been a recurring problem for the last two years. Because what I don't want to do is something that LaMelo referred to. Hey, we'll just, you know, we'll see what God has in store for me and we'll see what happens as we continue to hit the court. But there have been other players, he even brought up Steph Curry, that have had ankle injuries and have gotten past it. Even, you know, they've gotten past those problems before. Well, the Curry example, now we keep going back to it because he did wear the braces. But fine. There are other guys that have had the ankle injuries before and actually played some good basketball after them. I just don't want to go out, out there. If he gets injured again and there's no more protection, you didn't do anything, 
then what are we doing with the star player here in the Charlotte with the Charlotte Hornets organization? Like something needs to be done rather than us just crossing our fingers and hoping he doesn't get injured anymore because now it's been a handful of times for both in for both ankles, one more seriously than the other. And let's just try to figure out a way for us to best prohibit him from experiencing anything like this as much as we possibly can, ankle braces or not. The best part was he addressed the possibility of him wearing the braces like an injury report day by day, day to day. We're just going to go day by day to see if he needs to wear ankle braces or not. Lastly, um, yesterday, great game in Arrowhead, Kansas City and Buffalo. The rivalry was renewed between Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Big win for Allen on the road, and there was some controversy with the officiating that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes had a problem with. I'll play you what Andy Reid had to say first on the officiating matter regarding Kadarius Tony being offsides. Normally, uh, if if it's even close, um, you get you get a warning. Uh, the head coach gets a warning. I mean, that normally, so I don't know. I didn't have a protractor out there, but um, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, I've been in the league a long time, and uh, I haven't had one like that. So, not where, not where, at least for that kind of a position there, that it is not uh, given a heads up to. All right, there is what the head coach of the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs had to say on the matter. Here's what the quarterback of the Chiefs, Patrick Kermit Mahomes, had to say on the offsides call. To take the game into his hands over a call like that that doesn't affect the play at all, at all, didn't affect anything. Um, I mean, it's just tough, man. And like I said, man, that's a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on for offensive offsides. And so it takes away from not only this game and this season, but from a legendary career that Travis has had. And I mean, that hurts me because I know how, how hard he works for it. Man, how soon until Taylor Swift writes a song about either Kadarius, Tony, or bad officiating? Classic, classic. They're becoming classic. I So, like, here's my thing. As a guy that isn't a Chiefs fan but loves Chiefs Andy Reid and love Patrick Mahomes. He's the Steph Curry of the NFL. I'm going to watch that dude every time that I can. This was always going to happen. Whenever you see dynasties form, they become complainers. Whiners, crybabies. Jordan's Bulls whined and, and cried. Magic's Lakers. Kobe's Lakers. Tom Brady's Patriots. The 90s Cowboys. Because great teams and great players get all the calls. And this time they did not get their call. And boy, oh boy, do they throw a temper yeah, tantrum from like, like, like you see from a three year old at the McDonald's. But this was always going to happen. And so while they're getting made fun of, I think we should all just be surprised it took six years into their legendary run for them to publicly turn into the villain. Those guys are so loud wrong about this, too. Oh, yeah. They're so they're very loud. They're very frequent and they're very wrong in just how frustrated they are with the officials who got spicy with their retort yesterday. They actually said, hey, when Kadarius Tony is lined up so far into the neutral zone that I can't see the football as a line judge, then I'm going to call that because it's egregious enough for me to throw the flag. That's the problem. I understand that they want some kind of warning. 
a lot of officials will do it if it's not egregious enough to actually blow the whistle or throw the flag. Hey, make sure you're not grabbing onto the jersey this long a time before a defender beats you. If you're playing basketball, whatever. Hey, make sure you're setting those screens and you're not moving your left foot, whatever, so I don't have to call a moving screen on you. You see different types of warnings all throughout, like even in the... Whatever, the framing and strike zones. I don't know. You see warnings all the time for different people. But when it's that bad, which clearly he's off, clearly he's in the neutral zone. He's right there next to the football. Oh, yeah. What do we want the official to do? We want him to not throw the flag and then say, hey, watch it. Like he's almost lining up where the defensive linemen are lined up. That's how far in Kadarius Tony is. And for Pat Mahomes, like, he's clearly just furious after the game. He said something to Josh ha- uh, Josh Allen after he shook his hand. He continued to talk about it, how it was one of the worst bleeping calls he's ever seen. Andy Reid is telling you that it's embarrassing. The Pat Mahomes stuff on it affecting Travis Kelsey's legacy. Hilarious. That was by far, okay, now you are just losing all control of your emotions. Now, that's the most ridiculous thing. No one's going to look back at this play on deciding whether Travis Kelsey should be in the Hall of Fame or not or whether he's the best tight end. Hey, if Kadarius Toney just would have been lined up on the right side, Travis Kelsey would be above Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. But because he didn't, Travis Kelsey is now below him. That doesn't make any sense. I love him. They are my favorite head coach QB combo in maybe NFL history. I love watching these guys together. But sometimes your heroes can be loud and wrong, and that's what I'm experiencing right now. Every hero either turns himself into the villain or, you know, they ride off into the sunset like Batman did in in The Dark Knight Rises. I also, like for me as a guy that loves the league and loves watching other quarterbacks play, it's easy to see how much Patrick Mahomes loves the game when he's going to five straight AFC championship games. But you're seeing the competitor that exists in him really come out because they're eight and five, and my man ain't happy. And I think we should embrace that and be excited to know that, yeah, the best guy, the best quarterback in our league in this generation of athlete where we don't know. I mean, Lamar Jackson quit on his team last year in the playoffs. This guy isn't going <laughs> to quit. There you go. This guy isn't going to quit, and I might be wrong. They're still my favorite to come out of the AFC, yeah. wide receiver issues or not. And I know he's never played a road playoff game. But as long as that dude's got the ball and a chance to win, I think they're going to have it. I still think they're coming out of the AFC. All right, could have done without the shade on Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about the <laughs> NFC South as much as we might not want to. Is this division worse than when the Panthers won in 2014 at 7-8-1? And because of the shape that this division is in, does this actually allow Carolina to catch up more so, despite being clearly the worst team in the worst division? We discuss all of it. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a couple more segments to go on Wes and Walker. Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes Bryant. You're doing a good job today, Fitty. Nice. Even Drew, our Gen Z giant, 6'10", former basketball player, walking across, back the glass, giving you a, a behind the glass, giving you a thumbs up. So you're doing a good job, Fitty. People love hearing the co-host that is Josh Fitty Marlowe. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to know that the, the Marlowe militia continues to grow. We're still taking applications <laughs> if you want to join this uh, ever-growing uh, group group <laughs> of uh, my audience. Okay. You want to put your cell phone out there? See how many people text you to see if they can find an application to be a part of the Marlowe militia? No, I'm not. I'm not willing to go that far. It sh- I should. I, what if I did the email though? And I just tracked how many emails I got people applying to be a part of the Marlowe militia. You could do that. That'd be fun. You want to put your email out there? No. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not like I'm pretty sure people could probably find it. But I, at least I think so. Anyways, we'll we'll find out. You can tell us just how many people wrote to you about wanting to be in the Marlowe Militia. 704-570-9610. You can write in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. 704-570-9610. Lots of despair in the second segment today asking if this was the worst team in Panthers franchise history. Because there's only two teams to really choose from. It's either the team in 2010 with Jimmy Clausen as their QB who only won two games. They were dead last in both points and yards scored and gained in all of the NFL compared to every other offensive unit. The defenses weren't very good when you talk about the 2010 unit or the 2001 team that only won one game. Their offense was a little better, like 30th and 29th. Their defense, not very good either. So this team at least has a good defense. If you were to try to talk about the overall skill, the talent level on both sides, offensively, it might just be the worst. Defensively, this team is better. And you can tell based on the other two, uh, based on the other two bad seasons in Panthers history. The good news about this team, though, even if we focused on a lot of the bad, it's that the division around them isn't very good. We were right about that this offseason. We thought Carolina was going to be better. We did not think the NFC South as a whole was going to be better. And so here's what we have right now, Fitty. We have a three-way tie in the NFC South at six and seven between the Buccaneers, the Falcons, and the Saints with the Bucs holding the tiebreaker as it currently stands. So the Bucs six and seven, Falcons six and seven, Saints also six and seven. And this gives me enough hope to realize that the Panthers could catch up. This is a bad division. Oh, yeah. I think I heard Stephen A. Smith, I think as he was going through the NFC teams, the only love or the only airtime he gave to the NFC South was don't even get me started on the NFC South. And then he kept it moving. Didn't even want to talk about them. They're that bad. That's the good news for Carolina is that within the division, it's not like those three teams took off running this year. All three of those teams have some questions at QB still. Does Tampa Bay want to continue to roll with Baker Mayfield long term? Does New Orleans want to do the same? Atlanta ain't going to stick with Desmond Ritter. They're not going to lock him up as the franchise guy. And all of these teams too, Fitty, they're winning just enough to the point where they're not going to be in Drake May territory. They're not going to be in Caleb Williams territory. Jaden Will- Daniels, that might be interesting. We'll see what happens there. 
he could be you know uh, moving up draft boards this entire offseason to the point where neither one of those teams have a real shot at him a shot at him that might be the case but they still have answers that they got to figure out at QB two, And that's why if Bryce young can be that guy, if Carolina gives him the right talent around him, then in a weird way, Carolina might actually be ahead of each of these teams at the QB spot. If it truly is just the lack of talent surrounding the quarterback position that is holding him back so much in his rookie year. Yeah. Um, Carolina dodged a bullet and not acquiring, um, Derek Carr. Um, he's been bad because, and like, Kind of like here, a lot of it is out of his control because that offensive line has done him no favors. That guy's gotten beaten like a drum, it feels like, every Sunday. But he has better skill position talent. Um, he's got a better running back room than I think he does than what Bryce has here in Carolina. And the offensive line is better. And, and, and the offensive line is better, and he is he has not looked the part the way that I think I thought he was going to look and many people thought he was going to look. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is about – you know, like when you and like the most damning quote of Scott Fitterer is was we built the roster up to be a quarterback away. And he on paper wasn't wrong because I think we all looked at the rosters on paper and thought Carolina is going to at least at, at bare minimum compete for the division. Maybe they win it. That was wrong because they missed on virtually every draft pick and every free agent acquisition not named Adam Thielen. And so. But if you corrected it over the offseason and you give Bryce an adequate offensive line and you give him adequate receivers that can get separation consistently on, on Sundays, I don't think they're far away from competing. And competing guys is 7 and 10. That's right. It's 8 and 9. Which we've seen, that, you know, if we want to go back to the history of the Panthers where they might have one win and then they get to 6 or 7 the next year. We saw that in 2010. They have the two wins. They have six with Cam Newton as their number one overall pick. And then they jump up to seven Cam Newton's second year. And then they get to the postseason Cam Newton's third year in the league. Yeah. So it took three years for them to be a real force. And that was the time when Ron Rivera almost got fired. They had a monster win against the giants. I think that was like week three of that Cam third yeah. season. Yeah. It was on Thursday night football. No, I'm thinking about a different game, but then they started to get rolling a little bit and Cam Newton was the guy and Ron Rivera was able to hold on to his job. And so now we're talking about huh, whoever's going to be this coach. They don't have the Cam Ron uh, angle as far as them both coming into the organization at the same time, but still very early in Bryce's career with a new head coach, whoever that's going to be this upcoming off season. And so if those guys can hit the ground running before you have your future in place with any of these other teams, they don't. I mean, we, we had the conversation about every single team in the NFC South looking for a new coach. In fact, Fiddy, we broached the topic before ESPN did. They dropped a back and forth between Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler on overreaction or appropriate reaction. Dan said it was probably an overreaction that every team in this division would be looking for a new coach with Carolina already doing so. But it's not crazy to ask that question. Maybe Dennis Allen is gone. Maybe Todd Bowles is gone. I don't think Arthur Smith is going to get fired. I think it depends on how the division ultimately plays out. Like, like that loss yesterday is pretty hard because you got the lead with two-ish yeah. minutes to go and you couldn't protect it. I think if Todd Bowles wins the division like he did last year, but you get either Philly or Dallas in the first round and you get blown out, I don't think it's you know, 
crazy to think he gets fired if you you you, you make the playoffs, but you're getting no, blown it's out not crazy third. at all. No. And then for me, I I I think Dennis Allen, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I think he's like he was a stability hire. He was promoted just to keep the thing together when Sean Payton, Drew Brees exited New Orleans. He's proven that defensively they're there, but offensively they're not where they need to be. So has there ever been a division at the same time all four jobs have been opened? I don't know. It's on It's on the table. It's on the table for the NFC South. That'd be something. It would be crazy. It would be the epicenter of the NFL offseason. But even if you have one coach that sticks around, it's not like you think, oh, yeah, they're leaps and bounds ahead of every other team in this division. And so that's the saving grace with Carolina. As many times as this team has been the butt of everyone's joke, nationally, locally, on this show, on Mac and Bone, on Kyle Bailey, anywhere you go, they've been the butt of a lot of jokes. But they are going to have a shot to really close the gap against teams that haven't separated themselves a ton. Clearly, the Saints were a much better team yesterday. But offensively, hell, Derek Carr was bad. Well, I mean, also, look at the final scores of the game. You lost 20-10 to 10 week one in a game that was closer than the final score indicated. You lost by three to the Saints at home in a game that was right there for the taking if you make plays offensively in the second half. You lose by three at Tampa Bay in a game that was there to be. If you convert those four downs, if we're running the ball and not throwing, you know, 15 yard out routes, maybe that game goes different. And it was 14 to six entering the fourth quarter yesterday. Like Carolina was, has been there at every single one of these divisional games. You flip the script and you win those games. Guess what? You're right in the thick to win the worst division in the NFL. Or at least you're competing, right? And if if the goal is to create a better future than everybody else in this division, then you still have a shot at doing that. Now, if Bryce just proves he's not the guy, that's still on the table too. If Bryce gets better weapons next year and the offensive line plays better and we're still seeing a lot of struggles from the number one overall pick, then yeah, clearly they're not ahead of anyone. But that's not the scenario we're bringing up. That's That's still here. I'm just giving light to the other side of this where everything is so doomsday and it's easy to see because it's been awful this year. But if they do improve the roster, if they do get continuity across the coaching staff where you don't have so many different ideas that are being, you know, put towards Bryce, hey, this is what should be this is what you should be doing. Everybody's on the same page. You actually have the right coach in place and then you get the right roster around Bryce Young and then he starts to look better. Then Carolina got to their franchise guy before everybody else did, right? I New Orleans can't be thrilled with their QB situation. Nope. Tampa Bay can't be thrilled with their QB situation. And again, they're winning enough games to the point where they're not going to be in the sweepstakes of some of these real high-end QBs. Unless they do what Carolina did and trade up. Which I, which I don't think is going to be off the board for a Tampa or an Atlanta. Because I feel like with as good as Tampa is defensively, and the weapons you still got on offense. We don't know if Mike Evans will be there for the long term. You got Chris Godwin. Atlanta's the one where, like, if you see them trading up to get a Drake May, Jaden Daniels, that's the one where you go, oh, bleep, because they've got just so many skill position guys. Well, and Jaden Daniels is a guy that, oh, man, he could be the steal of the draft. Yeah, It's not a steal if you pay for him, and it looks like you might have to pay for him in yeah. order to get him. He's not going to be there at – the beginning of the second round anymore. His off season's going to be great. I was there at 33. Yeah. Don't, don't you put that out? <laughs> not yet. Well, I mean, not yeah, there are people that want that. Well, because Stanford P asked, what if, what if we do the things that we need to do for Bryce, you protect him better, you put, and he's a bust. 
Well, yeah, then you worry about it the next draft. That's well, just what you have to do. Here's the problem. And I mean, like, Panther fans shouldn't be uh, numb to this. It's a very bleak outlook. Like, whenever you miss on your first round pick at the quarterback position, it typically takes three to five years. Yeah, most, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it down a little bit. Usually people say it sets you back a decade. That's not true. There are plenty of teams that have missed out on quarterbacks that have been able to bounce back if you do something about it. So Carolina would have to do something about it. Yeah. We'll figure out that answer next year or get closer to an answer next year. And then we're, we'll figure out if they need to spend their first round pick on a different QB in 2025. And if they do, then, you know, we'll start this whole entire process over again. 704 did ask, he said, wait, are you guys saying that Atlanta is not a QB away to be good? They have a good defense. They have weapons on offense. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they haven't found their answer at QB yet. That's and it's what I'm not saying. De- and it's not Desmond Renner and it's not, it's not Taylor Heineke. Like they're going to be, a, they're going to be a, uh, a team in the quarterback market this year. That's going to be very active. Like if, like if Chicago moves on from Justin Fields, that could be a place where you could see him land because, you know, Arthur Smith coached Mariota at Tennessee, read option and all that type of stuff. Like they're going to be active either trading for or drafting their guy because they've got they've got weapons offensively, good offensive line, running backs, wide receivers. Yeah, they're legitimately a quarterback away. Here we are a month until the regular season is over for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm already fearing the discourse that is going to be surrounding draft season because here you are joking, maybe not so much about drafting Jaden Daniels if he was there at 33 overall. It's a joke. But we have 704 writing in in most mock drafts. I see Michael Penix Jr. He's available at the top of the second round. We're going to get a lot more text messages that look like that as we get closer to the NFL draft. And guess what? If if we if we got to have the Penix conversation and we got to do some digging, A, left-handed quarterback, how many of those have thrived in the NFL? And B, he's bigger than Bryce, but is he the prototypical 6364 quarterback? No, he's a 6 foot 6 and look 6 foot 6 one's a big difference from 510. And you know the hand size is probably different too, but you're still drafting a, you know, less than ideal size at the quarterback position. Yeah, your point is it's not a big enough difference to go in a different direction. A QB's second season in the league, if you're just going to get somebody that you know might have eaten a few more vegetables in his life than the Bryce Young did. Yeah, I mean, so. now, if you want to break down the film, uh, to me, he's as good a deep ball thrower that we've had come out of the draft in the last three to five years. Well, Bryce Young was pretty good throwing deep, too. Yeah, though. and you know what? And I think whenever Walker, mm-hmm. like the seven times this year, they've adequately protected him, and he's gotten the separation. You see those anticipatory throws that proves, like, he's got it. Like, we all, I mean, Daniel Orlovsky did, like, a three-and-a-half-minute breakdown of him throwing a, an out route in the preseason, calling it sick. Like, it's mm. there. But, like, you've got – I mean, it's why it's the ultimate team game. Like, and look, I know in the quarterback we're going to praise them when they win and we're going to beat them when they lose. But the guy's been sacked 44 times. And I got – like 48 after yesterday, whatever it is. Like, I'm just – if he was getting sacked 24 times look this bad, yeah, let's have a conversation. But, I mean, when Bradley Bozeman is snapping the ball and getting blocked into Bryce Young's face – I'm not going to complain about the quarterback play. Yeah, I'm hoping that they can change a lot because a lot needs to change with this roster in order to get a fair evaluation of Bryce Young. I'm totally with you there. We have one more segment to go before we pass it on to the Kyle Bailey show with Smoke Ludwig. One more segment on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One more segment to go on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fiddy filling in for Wes. How do you feel like you did today, Fiddy? You know, there was... Uh, we're going to go back. We're going to review the tape. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, blame the officials as to why I probably <laughs> wasn't at my absolute best. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. It's always fun getting to, getting to talk. I just wish... Um, we had more positive things to talk about because this losing stuff, man. Yesterday was was horrible. No, and this is it was such an awful football game to watch. Them scoring six points, Bryce Young completing six passes. I, I've, I'm trying to remember some of the marks that I saw yesterday showing the poor completion percentage, where it was like six of twenty. It he was, was three of fifteen. I think did he get up to like six of nineteen, something like that? Um, he was nine for twenty-eight at one point because Shroppy had post game yesterday, so that's who I was watching the game with. And uh, you know, Shrop, who was more of a hockey guy, was just in here. He's now full blown Bryce hater, by the way. Oh well, I, he's always flirted with that. I mean, like, now he's just embracing being a Bryce hater, but like he was making it known that he was tracking. He was like, <laughs> you know, he was like, our quarterback's nine of twenty-eight, first round pick. <laughs> Oh, I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm like, Shroppy going full Bryce hater. Yeah, man, I hate seeing it. But when you have Adam Thielen as your leading receiver, which Ross Tucker was saying, he that shouldn't be the case. I do hate that Adam Thielen is catching shade like that. Wes is probably right when he rolls his eyes at the disrespect of those comments because he has very much so been in Thielen's camp, and he's been very good this year. But I do want Thielen to maybe be a second or third option. That's what I would like. This year, I would rather him be a second at some point. And then at the God, I mean, it's so wrong. My prediction at the beginning of the year of somebody else surpassing him as the number one option. And remember, even Thielen had a couple of down games where it was like one reception for two yards, got to 40, got back to 70 in this one. And he'll get to a thousand as long as he hits the 50 yard mark in each of the last four. He's going to get to it. But I thought DJ Chark was going to have a lot more production. I thought Mingo was going to get better. We haven't really seen that as much, maybe in spots. Tight end position, just not getting any production there, and it's really tough. Here's what I do want to – yeah, thank you, Jason, for bringing this up on the text line. 
What about CJ yesterday or, you know, with the Texans losing? Now, CJ Stroud got hurt. And so it's not like we take any joy in that. But he got hurt. And the Texans had their worst showing. It was CJ Stroud who had his worst showing as a rookie so far this season, losing to the Jets 30 to 6. He did get injured. But does that help at all, watching C.J. Stroud lose? Or are we so, do we need happiness so badly that we're preying on other people's downfalls here in Carolina? Yeah, I mean, look, like, like I'm not coming to make excuses, but that was an indoor team that plays, you know, track meets with the way they run up and down the field offensively. Did you, did you see the weather in New York yesterday? Like, that was just the perfect storm for them not being able, and against one of the best defenses in football. Like, the Jets' defense and Carolina's defense is very similar. Like, they are the heartbeat of the team because their offenses have been so bad. And, um, you know, I'm not, because I'm not a Panther fan, I'm not here wanting to watch other guys fail. Mm -hmm. But, like, everybody could have told you going in, don't expect big numbers from Stroud because just the climate wasn't going to allow him to go up there and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Now, I mean, you see Joe Person wrote this article earlier. We talked about it last week. Bryce Young has held up despite taking all of these hits and it's as much as anybody not named Sam Howe. He's been taking as many sacks as any other QB in the NFL and he's still continuing to play. He was nursing that ankle injury at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. comes back and plays after missing the Seattle outing. But other than that, he's been healthy. I think he's seen the injury report maybe once barely and then was able to come back after that. Anthony Richardson out for the year, despite being a physical freak. C.J. Stroud also injured, now in protocol, which, you know, I, it's, it's not like, oh, okay, now we got to have some worry about his health going forward. C.J. Stroud, unfortunately, in concussion protocol. But that's one thing that I think has benefited Bryce, at least with the rhetoric around him. It's that he has been able to stay healthy. For the most part, he hasn't even despite, look, Lord knows he's gotten his test. He's gotten hit a lot. So now when we go with, hey, these NFL defensive linemen are over 300 pounds and they're real quick. And even if you go to the SEC, which is NFL junior, you're still talking about a different breed of athlete in the NFL hitting this guy. Yeah, they're still hitting him, And Bryce Young is getting up. And I think that does matter if you talk about his future outlook. I mean, I think if you're a Panther fan that supports and, and, and wants Bryce Young to be the guy, I think the one thing you've learned in this season is that you've got one tough, you've got one tough SOB at quarterback. Like he isn't, he isn't going Zach Wilson out there. He's not being asked to not be put in the game because of injury concerns. Um, the guy is, he knows every Sunday when he walks out on the field, he's going to take a beating and he still has shown up and he has been as ultimate pro a rookie has been in a trying season that we've seen here locally. Like he hasn't gone up there in a organization with dysfunction. He hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. The guy consistently blames himself. He is, you know, he is the type of leader that this locker room right now needs and with with all the discourse that's going on. And so that's why that's why I want to see him in a legit NFL offense, legit, getting protected with weapons before I make any type of decision on if I think he can play quarterback or not at the NFL. One thing we haven't even talked about a ton today. I think we referenced it, but this is why most people are going with this season being the worst in Panthers history is all the off field stuff with David Tepper, the press conference, him only speaking for 14 minutes because of a Brett Jensen last second question getting fit in there. The article on the athletic, 
you know, now what we're seeing is Thomas Brown's wife put out a tweet. Yeah. And some people have asked about this again. We mentioned it, but haven't talked about it a lot. So at CLT underscore sports fan tweeted out, if we're keeping it a buck, Thomas Brown should be fired tomorrow. Jessica A. Brown on Twitter now deleted the account said, um, we are fired exclamation points. We just have to stay behind because someone has to call plays. If you guys know someone else to do the next four weeks, give Tepper a holler as if this is fun for us and tweet and account afterwards, after everybody found out who it was. It's that kind of stuff too. It's the DJ Chark talking about how they should have stuck with the original play call against Tennessee when Bryce checked out of it, going to the second play call in the huddle. And eventually there's a screen pass that does not get the fourth down on that attempt. It's the texting to David Tepper undermining Frank Reich and just starting gossip for no reason or that being the way you choose to go about some of the problems on this team. It's like mean girls just set the football version. <laughs> yeah. Just not, not trying to figure out. Yeah. I wish, I wish they could go fetch a couple wins if we're going to use fetch <laughs> as a word, but they can't do it. And this is, you know, one of the latest tweets that have happened now to add to the drama where Thomas Brown. Yeah. I don't, ex- I don't know if I expect Thomas Brown back next year, especially if they're going to hire an offensive mind. You want him to be able to hire his guys. And if he doesn't know Thomas Brown, the last time an offensive hire brought on Thomas Brown, it didn't work out this yeah. past season. And so even if it's not, you know, Thomas's fault, because there's a lot of stuff that are a problem with that's a problem with this team. Thomas not doing a great job calling plays in crucial situations yesterday. Yeah, I don't think Thomas Brown's going to be here, but a lot of it you can still come back from because he is so young and he is such a bright mind. Yeah, I mean you're you're looking at a, a quarterback learning on the job. You're looking you're looking at a play caller that's learning on the job, and so you know I, I think that's if they don't have the off season that they have, and they don't spend the money to put together the coaching staff, if they just put together a you know a, a regular modest coaching staff. Maybe the expectations wouldn't have been as high, but you know, look, man. They tell us the NFL is hard. And there's an adjustment that every quarterback goes through from the college to the pros, and there's an adjustment from going from game planner to play caller. We're seeing that right now. And unfortunately, Walt, ain't a whole lot of fun to watch. All right. We had a lot of fun today, though. We had a lot of fun with you, the listener, here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Great job out of uh, Josh Fitty Marlowe today. He'll be back with us tomorrow, I'm guessing. I think it's going to be the same arrangement, and then hopefully Wes will be able to join us on Wednesday. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey Show. Alongside Smoke Ludwig, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 FM.